It's too it's damn too hot. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> the rent is too damn hot. That guy was great. Number the apartment in Queens cost $44 million. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Did he say that? No, but no. I'm doing the SNL bit. Oh, is that? Because, yeah, Keenan did, like, this amazing impression of that, that guy. Number two. Family Guy Back to the Multiverse has a release date. It will come to PlayStation 3 as well as Xbox 360 on November 23rd. Going, we know very little about that game. Back, back to the Multiverse. multiverse. I'm, I'm interested to see that game, but we don't know anything about it. So yeah, it's not, what, what don't we know about it? Uh, I don't know much about it. And The, the, the um, article said that there was really not much information about the game. Mm, I've seen it twice. Third-person shooter. You can. Uh, Third-person shooter? Yep. You run around these levels shooting stuff up oh, as dear. Brian and Stewie. Oh, dear. Family Guy Back to the oh. Multiverse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Number Doesn't th- look amazing. Mm, Doesn't look Doesn't sound bad. amazing. Number, th- number three. Number We're three. moving on. Okay. Moving on. New PlayStation 3 firmware is incoming. And it will make an exciting change for trophy horrors. Update 4.30 will make Vita trophies viewable on PS3. Oh, yeah. this is it. This is what you guys have been waiting for. Yeah, finally. As it stands now, your PS3 can only read PS3 trophies while Vita can see trophies across both platforms. It's worth noting that it still counts on your platform. On your, you can sure. see your number going up and stuff like that, but you can't see the trophies themselves. 4.30 will also begin the closure of life with PlayStation and its marquee use folding at home. Sony reports that it's folding at home project in which it teamed up with Stanford University to use the PS3's computation power for research, garnered over 100 million computation hours from over 15 million gamers. Greg, for many years, you left your PS3 on in the office folding did. at home. I didn't know that I would eventually be stricken with cancer, so I was really working to cure myself. Mm. And now that the, the cat's out of the bag, they're like, well, we didn't make it in time. <laughs> Shut her down, Stanford! <laughs> they weren't researching cancer, aren't they? Researching like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's? Well, no, that was the whole thing, is that the, the genome folding they were doing could apply to everything oh. or whatever, so that, the cancer was part of it, yeah. That was a nice idea. That was an awesome idea. It's weird that they're closing it, but I understand that all things... They might, I mean, well, the research might be done. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number four, Telltale's Walking Dead Adventure series, which came to PSN episodically, will be released on retail disc for $30 on December 4th. However, for $69.99, those who pre-order can get a full box set, which includes all five episodes. The Walking Dead Compendium 1, which I think is all the comics, right? So, yeah, well, I mean, it's the... Yeah. the so far. There's a cutoff. No, it's not all of them so far, even. Compendium 1's been out a while, oh, so okay. you, you're going to be behind. And a collector's edition box set. Uh, or a box, rather, featuring Charlie Adler's artwork. I guess that's the guy that draws it. Yeah. As far as the only remaining unreleased episode, No Time Left, Telltale says it will come out in November. Ooh. Uh, once that does come out, I will play them. Good. All. You're going to like it. On a Saturday. You, you, you get a platinum trophy. There you go. Yeah, that'll be hot. Done. And for everybody asking, I don't think there will be. My prediction is no separate trophy list for There was for Back the to the disc. Future. Exactly. But the key difference being that Back to the Future digitally didn't have a platinum. And when you come to a disc, uh, yes, you have to have a platinum. Yes, they yes. went out of their way this time to give Walking Dead Ooh. a platinum. So I think and that you've sh- you Ooh. have the one shared trophy list you've had forever. Oh. Quick yeah. question for you, Greg. Yeah. A little bit of Walking Dead uh, questions. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'll, I won't spoil anything. But this okay. is way far back. Uh, the last thing I remember in that series, when you had lent me all those comic books, yeah. was the tank showing up unexpectedly. Oh my god. Okay, I'm way behind. How right? the hell didn't you like hound me for that? That's like such a horrible cliffhanger. To no, be but I, I but and then I read a couple uh, comics after that. Oh, okay. I just don't remember quite because then they met that another group uh-huh. and the group had a very important person in it that potentially had some answers. Uh-huh. And I know what you're about. but that's so that's all. So how far behind am you're I? Way far behind. Way behind. Way behind. Like entire volumes. Behind? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, big time volumes. Behind. Big yeah. time volumes. Big time volumes. <laughs> I mean, what? Like that was like I want to. S- it was probably years ago. Oh, it was. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I mean, place it in like. I mean, I, I have like what? I have 16 or 17 trades, and like that was probably in the single digits still, if not maybe 10, 11. What's 10? a? The, is the trade the collection? Yeah, of the, the little things I, I give you. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, got yeah, it, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Let me know when they tell you what actually happened. Okay. And then I'll get involved. 
then just you never will bother. because exactly. it's a life story, man. Colin does. That's what drives Colin crazy. That's you're why gonna, he can't get into The Walking Dead. Because nobody's like, focused. On, he he wants it to be that everyone's focused on what happened and why this is happening. Why are there zombies? Instead yeah, isn't just, that interesting? Who gives no, a shit just about these people? No, fucking living. If I, that'd be the last thing on my mind is like, how to, like, how am I, I gotta get they to the CDC. They touched on it though when they were they were at the CDC. They could have deviated from the comics there and fucking went with, you know, that they were getting there. Yeah. They were touching on it, that these people are trying to figure out what happened. Talking about in the show. That's what's interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's what we were saying on Jericho. That's what's interesting about Jericho is it's a personal story, but it's also imme- almost immediately about what happened. And that's like what keeps you engaged because these I, people are fucking boring. Well, but they have, I, but they have, like Jericho, <laughs> Jericho is making the, uh, I mean, Jericho is doing it on purpose the way they're doing it, right? Where they have the guy whose name I can never remember. Hawkins. The, thank you. Hawkins is there. Like Hawkins knows things. There's a motivator where this is just normal people caught in this hell. Yeah, now, but you would think and that, if you're a normal fucking person, you're out there to save your family. Not but about, I think like, how that to, eventually what, we're going to see what happens, but I think the story will still go on. I mean, because okay, don't don't you have to figure it out? Because this is what I was saying. Like, this, this is just my opinion. I mean, each to each his own. But like, the way these I've read, you know, I looked at some of the comics. Not really my thing. I'm not really into graphic novels. But these guys are not Cormac McCarthy. They can't tell a story so riveting that it's about only the characters and like they don't ever touch on what happened. And even in the movie for the road, which is what I'm alluding to, they actually do touch a bit on what happened, even though that's not in the book. Because that's like what's that's that's what's interesting. I mean, that's really what's interesting at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean. It depends on what you, I mean. Like, I it's one of those things. Like, I don't. Is it ever done well? What What are they going to be able to explain and give an answer that's going to be like, oh, that makes sense. Why the dead are coming back to life? Like, it's. I don't know. I just. I mean, but then that. I don't know. I, to me, it's. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. But to me, you know, what happened and how this happened. I mean, there's like all these allusions to the military getting overrun and all these things. Like, that's more what's interesting. And eventually, you you say you survive and you try to just survive or whatever. But eventually, you have to try to figure out like how to cure this or like what happened. Because I mean, like, what is the point of surviving in a dilapidated world where nothing's normal and everything's it's over? You know, that's why. Don't don't at that point don't you try to like that's go to the, the capital? You try to go somewhere and 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 find answers. I don't know. To uh, me, that's what and that's what I really want to know. I really liked how in World War Z, uh, it actually kind of starts and tells you like how the whole thing like happened. Like because one of the first short stories in World War Z is about who Subject Zero was. Yeah, World War Z is cool. really well done. Yeah, I I, I, I bought World War Z and read maybe fifty pages. And I'm like, I'm not. I wasn't feeling it. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't fair. know. I, I eventually, mean, I was disappointed in that because I was actually really excited about it. And, uh, Towards I, the end, I think when they got like for me, the, the most interesting thing I always the zombie movie I want to see get made. It, and anybody can take this because I'll never get around to it. Is I want to see the if you're given two hours, I want to see the beginning of the zombie apocalypse from four people's perspectives. Because I don't once it it's, it always happens right. Like you know, even in uh, Walking Dead, even in uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, you know, you wake up and it's already happened. Like it's uh, we've already jumped that jumped to that gap where things were originally happening and where people were starting to break out and where there was normalcy too. That's always what's really really fascinating to me. Even right now, I'm reading. Uh, uh, the Road to Woodbury. It's a Walking Dead novel, not a, not a graphic novel. It's just a, a story. Uh, and it's there. Ta- there was a, there was a part we were just talking about how like this one of the characters how he was still living in like the ghetto or whatever of I think New York or wherever. Where no, probably Atlanta. Anyways, in the ghetto area of Atlanta, and there was like military checkpoints. So like data, you know, life was still going on. Where they, even though this was happening, he'd go to work and come back to the checkpoint and yada yada yada, and then all hell broke loose. You know what I mean? That's what I want to see. That I always like to see yeah, how that's you know, good stuff. Before everything goes to shit, it going to shit. That's a good stuff. I mean, I feel like it's mostly a cop out, not showing that kind of stuff, and not explaining what happened. Frankly, is also a cop out. I think. Unless you're telling a very focused story, but The Walking Dead is not a focused story. The Walking Dead's fucking huge. So just cut to the chase, Greg. Okay. Please. See, I think the, the comics well, are more Kirk about I'll get Kirkman up on the phone. Yeah. Comic, I think you'd like the comics if you tried them. I think, the, I mean, there's a lot of problems with the it, show. 
if they were, if it was, if it, like I've said this before, if it mm-hmm. was, if it was novelization of the, the comics, yeah. like if it was like a huge novel or a series of five or six novels, I'd read them. I, think I, I don't like, pick, I like, I, you know, like when you like, we always talk about you, you let me that Superman comic about That's him becoming man. like a communist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I just, I can't get it. I'm like, am I reading this in order? I'm like kind of trying to like look at the pictures, but I don't really care. I'm more yeah, interested yeah. in like the dialogue. And so I, I just don't have that mindset to read comics. Like I just wasn't raised like that, which is weird. Cause my brother's like fucking crazy about comics. Yeah. And you would think, and with his influence on me, oh, some of the people at Comic-Con met my brother. Uh, you think that I would be in the comics, but I'm not. I It'll be interesting know. what you think of the game. I think you're in like the game. I think I'm like the game very... I enjoy the I enjoy the show. Yeah. Number okay. five. Although I hear the show's falling off this season, but that's another topic. I didn't no- see this week's episode. Number five. The new PlayStation Store was set to go live in North America today, October 23rd. However, Sony has delayed the launch in North America to fix some bugs and problems, but will it will remain live in other territories mm-hmm. uh, that it has already gone live in. So, I guess good on them for not releasing it and having it broken but uh why'd you release it otherwise broken they made a big deal out of release like yeah people on playstation blog were complaining about it i think people get a little crazy about complaining sometimes uh, but, no, I think really? it, but, I, but i think but i think it's i think it isn't right to complain about this because they were making such a big deal out of this for so long and even when we went to comic-con they were showing it to us and wanted us to see it and it looks really cool it looks really fluid it looks really nice it's like a very different experience yeah um but like you got to test it if you're gonna make a big deal out of releasing on a certain day you gotta hit that date yeah yeah number six Platinum Games Anarchy Reigns has an release date, January 8th, 2013. Originally slated to release worldwide this past July, Anarchy Reigns was delayed at the last minute and only came out in Japan. Here's what's interesting. Okay. It's reported to only cost 30 bucks. Ooh. It looked like a full retail game to me, and I actually played the Japanese version, which is totally translated. Yeah, you imported it, right? Yep. Um, I hear that game is fun. It is, and I'm sure I'll probably be the one reviewing that, but we'll we'll see when the time comes. We were going to review the Japanese version, but we opted not to, and frankly, that just got away from us because there's just only so many of us. Life caught up. Yeah. Life happened. How many how many times has life gotten in the way? No God, how, when doesn't it get in the way? Am I right? Number seven, <laughs> right, bro. A sequel to Corpse Party is coming to PSP entitled Corpse Party Book of Shadows. The sequel is set for release this winter and will likely be playable on Vita as well. The original Corpse Party has been slashed in price for two weeks in celebration. In case you want to, in case you want to catch up now. See, keep your keep your shit over there, all right, Japan. You want to let it get out of control and have all these PSP games come out? That's your own prerogative. Don't bring that shit to the state. People, some people were mad at me in the comments about that story because I wrote because I, I wrote well I wrote I was like why like why can't you just port it to the vita and put trophies on it and like make it some something interesting that people hear no one cares about the psp i think people kind of live in a little bubble where because we've had this we, with these conversations with some of our most hardcore psp readers yeah, we that can. are mad at us that we don't review psp games anymore but the fact is, is that these psp games don't sell i mean even if you go to a, a, an unscientific source for sales like vg charts for instance um, which is basically just an estimate. It's not like actual sales numbers. PSP games, even PSP games that are probably pretty good, like Grow Lancer 4, for instance, sold like 20,000 copies. Yeah. So why are you like, I don't think it's clear enough to people. Like people aren't really playing PSP. I don't suspect anymore. People are playing Vita 1 Vita games. So I understand it's a PSP game in Japan. So you just port it, but you still have to translate it and stuff. So why not just yeah. knock it onto the Vita? I, I mean, you, you kind of do it right by the fact that if it's a digital PSP game, you can play it on your Vita, but then you're not getting trophies. So what's your for you and me? What's our you know right? What's the hook? to go do? I would I would like. I mean, trophies are a lame reason to do it too. But like, I just don't think the messaging is clear enough that PSP games are playable on Vita, and not all of them are. Yeah, true. Uh, far Cry actually. So um, it's a mess. Man, yeah, I I just want to say that I I still remember playing Corpse Party when we when I reviewed it when I was on the team with you guys and. I was so depressed after that game. It's a good game, it. though, right? It's a good game, but it's it was very depressing. It's very sad and yeah. just. I want to say that was like maybe our last PSP review. Mm. Really? No. Yeah, I, I'm I think sure so. there was something after that. That was like right before Vita came out. 
Yeah, I guess. I guess. It was December, right? Hmm. Number eight. The developer behind Resistance Falling Skies and soon to be released Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified is officially leaving the console and handheld games business. Mm. Nihilistic Games will now be known as Instigate and will focus on downloadable games and mobile games. Nihilistic existed for 14 years as a console and handheld developer. Interesting. Um, Instigate? Yeah, like uh, N N S T I G A T. Instigate something into happening. Okay, I see. Um, there's something weird about this to me. Why do you announce it before your before game comes out? Before comes out, yeah. It's the same thing when they closed Big Big before Little Deviants came out. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Um, it's, I think it's a... I don't know. Sony doesn't own these guys, but I mean, they, they the last three or four games they've done have been for Sony because they did Resistance in this, and plus they did uh, PlayStation Move Heroes. Yeah. I'm not sure what they did before that. Um, I think they did like a Marvel game before that or something like that. But you know, None of them scored well. Colin Campbell did a conversation with them and had the Metacritic's numbers pull up, and I don't have them in front of me, but they weren't like amazing. So we know guys from Nihilistic, and they're really nice guys. Really they're, nice they're guys. They're passionate about their games, and you know, it's sad to see them go in a sense because I always felt like they could make a good game if they were given the time and assets to do it. And what's clear is that even though we're never going to probably find the answers behind these questions about Call of Duty especially is that this game seems to have been developed in six months. I mean, I, I don't understand how else you can possibly, you know, figure that one out. Like, yeah. they, were, they built Resistance, came out in May, and then they moved on to Call of Duty. That game came out in a few weeks. We'll probably get it soon. So, I mean, well, like... Well, I want to get ahead of us on that. We'll see if we get it soon. You think they're not going to give it to us? No. Would you? you? No, I wouldn't. But Have you, you read a positive preview of that game? Anywhere? No, but I. But you assume my. So here's my thought on this. Yeah. Because we're talking about this with Medal of Honor today. Because EA never sent anyone Medal of Honor. Yeah. That game comes out today. And then uh, the, the patch notes came out last night, and they were a bible. Right, and that's a bad sign. Yeah. It's a bad sign. And the original Medal, the Medal of Honor reboot is, like I said last week, not good. You know um, who really likes the Medal of Honor reboot? David Jaffe. He was tweeting about it. Really? Thing. Yeah. That game is so. He, he loved the single player. Oh. He was saying that he connected with it. it I, yeah. I don't, I don't. I mean, I wanted to like it, but no. Um, but what's interesting to me about that whole situation is that people are going to buy that game anyway. I, I bet you Black Ops The Classified is going to be the best-selling video game so far. And it's not going to matter what people say about it because it's not like Resistance or something where it's like a niche shooter or a story-based shooter yeah, yeah. or alternate history and stuff like that. It's Call of Duty. I, I, I don't think Call of Duty is going to sell millions of copies on Vita, but I bet you Call of Duty is responsible for hundreds of thousands of Vitas getting sold. I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, here's my here's my argument against it is that I don't see it. There's no push for it. So there's no one telling you ahead of time, hey, Not this yet. is coming for it. Yeah. And then I don't think the people who own Vita right now are the Call of Duty. Are the Call of Duty, you know, they're not Bobby. Bobby plays Madden. He plays Call of Duty. And, like, and Bobby likes Call of, like Black sure. Ops Declassified. Yeah, yeah. He, does, he doesn't have the problems with a lot of people who have played to have it with him. I don't, I don't know how many people scoop that up right away. I think a lot of people who have if – you, if you have a Vita – and you are if you if you're one of the Vita owners, you're probably of the majority who is dialed into the video game industry, and reads IGN and reads other sites and has heard rumblings about this doesn't look promising. Well, here's the thing. Here it is. I have a morbid curiosity about this game. Like yeah. I'm gonna play it the second well, I. Well, everybody's gonna play it. Yeah, yeah. And well, I, I mean, really hope it's all of us. I mean, I really hope it's good. There are certain things though that in the images, like I pointed this out, and it makes me laugh. Like if you look at the soldiers in Declassified, they're standing with their legs really close together and spread out like they're Chimera. So basically, they're just like all reskinned Chimera. Like the game is so, it's so strange that they, and this is what, I'm, this is the point I'm not trying to get, Greg, is that they, external forces did this in Nihilistic, you know? Yeah. And they didn't have to accept these contracts, of course. But like external forces did this to them. Resistance might not have been done and they probably had to get on Call of Duty so they, you know, so maybe they weren't able to go back and polish it. Maybe, maybe resistance should have been delayed. And from the sound of it, it sounds like Black Ops: The Classified might 
maybe should have been delayed too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I still think that when people go into the store, you, you, the people that are into bro shooters, guys, you know, sure, that sure, we sure. know that, that love just, you know, buying, like my cousin and I always talk about that's on my PlayStation Network list. He's always playing Madden. He's always playing Call of Duty. Yeah. He's playing Battlefield. That's his, that's his shit. Yeah. He sees PlayStation Vita Call of Duty bundle in GameStop or Walmart or wherever the hell he goes, Target. That might be intriguing to some people, you know? Yeah. You got some money to burn. It's Christmas time. You go into the That's store. That's the thing is that it's a good gift. If you're, if you have a friend or a, 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 anybody, you have a significant other that likes these kind of games, and you know that they like Call of Duty, and you know they like video games, you see that bundle, like, oh sure, why not? He doesn't have that because I've never heard of it. I don't know what a what is what what's is a, what's a Pzvita? Pzvita. <laughs> Pzvita. Uh, I, I I told you this I think uh, uh, an interesting Vita tale, but I don't think I've told it on Beyond last week, right? Yeah, last yes, last week I went and shot an Epic Meal Time thing. That'll be on their sh- channel soon. And the guy who picked me up from the airport, one of the PAs working on the shoot, was driving and he was at, you know, he's like, so who are you? Like, why am I picking you up? I have no idea who you are. You're not famous. And I'm like, oh, I write about video games. He's like, oh, you're a good guy to ask about this. My girlfriend bought me a PlayStation Vita. Is that a good investment? Was that a good move? And I laughed. And he's like, oh, no, that's not a good sign. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not laughing. It's, you know, we talk about, as pretty much I talk about every Tuesday. But it was interesting. Oh, in the wild, a normal person. Yeah, he, you know, he only plays Madden. He only plays this other stuff. His girlfriend, for just the hell of it, saw a Vita. I was like, oh, here you go. I thought that was interesting. very interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, hopefully, how dare he say that he doesn't know you though? I know, right? This guy think he is. I told him to get out of the car, and then we flipped the car and ran into a you bus both, full you of You both nuns. flipped it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say this though, and I'm gonna write about it soon when I have time. To yeah, read. so probably, you're not. <laughs> so December. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's when all my I have some great ideas for some editorials and stuff like that, but. I will say that Vita is starting to turn the corner in the games department. Sure. There's a lot of There good are stuff games there. now. There are games. Like Get if you, that to Torah. Not the Torah. And you don't want the Torah. That's Get the, the Torah. The Torah. The holy book? <laughs> <laughs> um Decoro, you're saying. Or right? Decoro. <laughs> oh Jesus. Good uh, names, everybody. Good job, Sony Marketing. <laughs> um yeah, Dakaro is the game you're talking about. Datora is the the mediocre Naruto. PS PlayStation movie, and Naruto is the 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 Japanese anime. Oh, okay. Um, but there's games like if you were to just buy a Vita now, there are there's like 15 games that I would oh, say sure. like you I you should play these games. I mean that's a, that's a good amount of games. Yeah, you know that's more games than there are on the Wii that you should play. Um, I'm liking. Oh, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Are you? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's Red Steel too. Red Steel really, 2. Yeah, remember the that? Conduit. That's the first one. Conduit, of course. Galaxy, Galaxy 2. Yeah. All-Stars. Not All-Stars. Uh, what do they call it? Brawl. Smash Brothers. <laughs> there's Brawl. There's Metroid You've already Prime. forgotten. Metroid Prime. Yeah. Um, um, a thing about download. Cave Story. Cave Story, okay. Um, We're talking about downloads. There's Zach like a, and Wiki. Zach and Wiki's awesome. That's yeah. a good game. Oh, Super Mario or RPGs. Fucking Jesus! What's the one I really like it too? P- Paper yeah. Mario, Super Paper, Paper Mario, yeah, Paper yeah, Mario. Yeah. and New Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, we want to include one or two on that. Is there two? Isn't there already a two? I think it's on the Wii U. Oh Jesus! Okay, that's not confusing. Uh, uh, do you want to put Mad World on there? Xenoblade Chronicles. Xenoblade, sure. Yeah, Xenoblade Last Story. Last Story. You want to yeah. put Mad World on there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what I have on my shelf. Yeah, me too. I I really like Endless Ocean, but I know that people don't like that game. Okay, well, you can put it on there. That's a Calmer already. That's a really cool game. Um, Welcome to the PlayStation Podcast. Wii Sports Resort. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's 15 right there. Zelda. Oh, Zelda, sure. No, no. Nah. Well, yeah. All right. Well, we got 15. So yeah, there you go. That's pretty good. Um, that's like every Wii game I've played. I played more than that. Yeah. I was, well, actually, yeah, you've played a lot more. All you used to play was the Wii. That's true. 
Back in the day. days. So my, my biggest Wii memory before I was like, I'm fucking done with this thing. Because what a lot of people don't know is that, you know, I really love the Wii. Yeah. And I really want like people like are like, you're not, you weren't a Nintendo fan and stuff like that. I'm like, I've been a Nintendo fan my whole life. I've also been a PlayStation fan since the mid nineties. So th- those were like the two things that I juggled. Right. And, and I still was like, cra- hey. I was still crazy about Nintendo. Crazy, crazy, crazy about Nintendo. Someone is coming into our room. Come on in. Ladies Come and gentlemen, in. we're being joined by the one and only Sean. Finnegan. He's going to film us opening a very special package we got in the mail. Oh, That's right. You don't want, and some of you don't want it to be a video podcast, but we're fucking doing it. <laughs> Just as part, I guess. Just as part of the video part. So, hey, Sean. Feel How's free to talk going? and doing it. Good. How are you? Not so bad, you know? Uh, I was thinking about this. So, when we open this, I see you have mics and everything. Uh, do you want, instead of that, just to turn on onboard camera sound? And have us all rotate to one side of the table, and then I give you the MP3, and I, I do a clap, and you just sync it up with the MP3. We can do that. That How might make it easier. There? There's us four. Oh, four. Yeah. There's 15 more coming. <laughs> Andrew Goldfarb just came in, too. Goldie is also in the room. Everybody can, get here. Can I do XLR feed for audio out of the board? I have no idea. If you can do what that, What the sure. hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that. Yeah. When I said on board, that was like literally the most I know about your camera. Can so. you do the XLR feed on the board? Megatron? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. So anyway, Greg, what I was just saying was that I really love Nintendo, and, and the Wii was something I was excited about, where I would play third-party games that were on all the consoles on the Wii because I yeah. wanted to support it. So that's I'm, all you had, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the other thing is that I used to play PS3 at work. I refused. This is the other thing people were like, you you, you defend the price point of the PS3 and stuff. I was like, no, 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 I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I said the PS3 was not worth a dime more than $300, and I refused to buy one until it was $300. I remember when you bought yours. It was yeah, a big day. I refused to buy one until it was $300. I remember, I remember, that, that's that's the, called playing the market, Greg. Yeah. Playing I didn't, the market. If you, I, mean, you're, I mean, if you're, I know we're up at, up at 263 here. The first... 45 to 75 episodes beyond were me talking about how much it uh, Dunham eventually asked me to stop saying how much I wouldn't buy a PS3 because it was too expensive and I didn't buy it till that first price drop either I got that Motorstorm bundle finally yeah it's like I'm not so that's that, that's the thing so I remember playing 007 Bloodstone I think on the Wii online yeah and I'm like and it didn't even save your stats and show that I'm like this shit sucks this was in like 2000 <laughs> this was in like 2008 then I just started lugging PS3 home because I was still running guides whatever yeah um, and, and PS3 was like my, my console of choice for, you know pretty early on um kind of because playstation and playstation 2 are my consoles of choice even though i love the n64 and i especially love the gamecube yeah um but we totally soured me and now i'm not interested in nintendo at all gotcha so that's just the way that goes hey, that's go the end of that story oh hey how you doing i'm good is this mic on yeah oh, okay yeah yeah turn it you know, right. i told you that no, i couldn't it's I funny you neither you or clements now are wearing headsets and so Colin and I are wearing headsets, and it kind of reminds me of like in Ghostbusters 2 when some of the guys were wearing the tan jumpsuits and some of them were in the, like the black ones. I was just going to make that reference because that's <laughs> the first thing that came to my head, too. <laughs> also, Colin, I want to talk to you about this chapstick I bought. I bought it when I was in New York on Monday. Look at that knockoff, crazy-ass chapstick. I was like, can I get a cherry? And she's like, I don't have that. I'll take, Ra- I'll take the ras- blue, buddy. Raspberry cream. Yeah. <laughs> By Chaplet. Hey, let me see that. It's probably going to be more cancer. What if I just put this on, like, right now in front of you? going to get that lip cancer? I feel like yeah. you would be more upset than, than Greg would be. He would be more upset? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That smells good. Yeah, it That's does. some good smelling chapstick. All right, sorry. Back to it. Right. Number nine. That does smell pretty Number good. Number nine. This is the last one. Uh, when Vikings Attack, the strange little Vita PS3 game that I was I played and I'm totally confused about. <laughs> Uh, now has a release date. Look for it on November 6th in North America and November 7th in Europe. It will cost $9.99 or the equivalent thereof. I feel like um, everything's coming out in the next three weeks. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. The, the game's cool, and I read, like, after I played it, I read a little bit about it because I wanted to write about it. Yeah. To see, like, it really is a very one-dimensional game, I think, but 
fun. I think it's fun. We're going out with them, I think, this week, aren't we? Yeah. Um, They're coming by to show it to us and try to get us less confused about it tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow we're going to lunch with them. And uh, You're all invited. I forget if any of you RSVP'd, though. You did. I did. Yeah. I don't think I was invited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're invited, though. Oh, well, thank you. So I'm excited to learn more about the game because I want to see like what the premise of it is. Because like, it's very, it seems like very multiplayer-centric. Mm-hmm. But also, like, very one-minded in the sense, which is not a bad thing necessarily for sure. a game. It's um, got the right price point. It's got yeah. the right idea. And 10 bucks seems reasonable. Cross I think it's cross-buy. It is cross-buy. Cross-save, cross-play. Mm-hmm. Get some cross-trophies. Cross this, cross that. Cross-trophies, hopefully. Yeah. Criss-cross. They'll make you jump, jump. That's it for the Europa Report. Did we, did we talk jump. about Bioshock already? What about Bioshock? It's that it got a new trailer and there's a pre-order game and oh my god, we're talking about Bioshock. That's it. Uh, yeah, which is ironic because we were talking about how it was in development hell. Now it clearly isn't in development hell. They heard like your cries. They heard your cries on Beyond. Man, who knows if it's? I mean, Charles and I were just talking about this on a commentary that you'll soon hear on IGN.com. Okay. But um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, they they seem to be sticking by that release date, so we'll see what happens. You're excited about that? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I got my I, Ultimate I Songbird know. Edition pre-ordered. How much was that? Uh, Ultimate Songbird Edition. You ain't no nerd. <laughs> Colin. Yeah. If I wanted to pre-order the Ultimate Songbird Edition mm. and then find out about some other games that are out right now, where would I go? Go to the official list of upcoming PlayStation software on all three platforms by the IGN editors. Sorry, I didn't get to do that earlier. Just cross me. <laughs> jump. Jump. A daddy Mac will make you. Jump. Jump. A Mac dad will make you. <laughs> jump. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <clears throat> on retail disc. Actually, let me add this one real quick. <laughs> Retail disc. You're making up games. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> all right, you know all what? Right, what is, don't, yeah, Enough of the you bell. can't. You can't. First of all, that. this is reminiscent of the old Xbox podcast, and we don't like. That. And they do that yeah. on Tech Fetish now. Oh, do that? Oh, they ring well, a bell. Yeah. Ugh. I don't even. I say I don't like. I don't even think they know the history of the bells. And I and I and I say that being uh, a regular member or guest on the old Xbox podcast. Yeah. TRL, they called it. In which we never talked about Xbox ever. Yeah. With Carson <laughs> Daly. Yes. Uh, on retail, Killzone trilogy. Which is Killzone 1, 2, and 3 yeah. on one Blu-ray disc for $30. Medal of Honor Warfighter. I'm waving at people with Dolly. Uh, which <laughs> which uh, we just got today. No review on that yet. Yeah. Uh, because we didn't get the game early, reason to be pessimistic. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, Cabela's Hunting Expeditions. Oh, yeah. And Cabela's Dangerous Hunts 2013. Now, we don't typically review those games. No. It's weird that there's two Cabela games coming out the same day. But Dangerous Hunts 2013 was played on Up at Noon, and I got to play for it a little bit. Oh. It's uh, Cabela. So there you go. People, well, obviously those games sell. Sure. They do them yeah, every yeah, goddamn yeah. year. Um, on Vita, uh, these are all digital. Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which uh, our freelancer Vin will be reviewing are for they us. Not, is that not coming retail? Uh, it didn't sure say it was, okay. but maybe it is. I don't know. Um, one that would. Yeah, it does for me too. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Splits with a Z. Lord knows when. <laughs> Lord knows when we will get There's... to reviewing that. From playing it at preview events, I enjoyed it. So I'm looking, does it use I'm the hoping. gyro? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what Monkey Ball is. I know, but I don't know. It, right. Well, it wasn't always like that because. True. Was... I know. I know. I know. But since like the Wii, pretty much. Um, Zero Escape Virtue's Last Reward, which I think looks really cool. We'll uh, review on that today. Oh, really? Yep. That goes up today? Okay, cool. Yep. That's also on 3DS. Uh, our, one of our Nintendo freelancers, uh, Lucas Thomas, is going to be reviewing that one. I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, and Frobisher Says comes out. That's free. Yeah, so we'll see how free it really is. Just play that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll uh, see how free really is. Free it really is, yes. Like the free game Montezuma Isn't Blitz. It, if you played your video, you would know that there was a game called oh. uh, Montezuma Blitz that came out that was free but really wasn't. Got so it. that's why I say that. Got All it. Right. Thanks for explaining. Dust it that inch and a half off your PlayStation Vita and play it. And, and <laughs> Thank you for explaining it in a totally non condescending way. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're let's, keep, let's keep going with this. Why is his penis on the Vita? <laughs> Why is his penis on the Vita? Yeah. I don't know. I got it. 
Thanks. It was a small penis joke. Yeah, just that inch and a half. Yeah, we've had a couple of those today. Yeah, we? this is the second small penis joke at Clement's expense today. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Ryan. No, it's it's all good. <laughs> no, I'm fine with it. He just bends his mic stand. <laughs> he just whips it out. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta is. do the motion. I like that. <laughs> All right, num- you can't see any of that. I know. Uh, Sean Finney get his shit together. Maybe he would. PSN Unfinished Swan is out this week for everybody. It was out for PlayStation it. Plus last week. Yes, that and then game. go watch up at noon because these they're on up at noon. In that order. About, um, sure. Ian Dallas. Sure. Uh, Starhawk. Oh fuck! What? <laughs> hey, so yeah, Starhawk's out. The Unfinished Swan. <laughs> you were just talking about that. Yeah. That's out. Why don't we? Insert like a 15, 20 minute interview with Ian Dallas right now. Oh, you forgot you had that? Yep. Old, the old hopper? Ah, oh, man. Thanks for remembering. <laughs> Games came out today. Hey, everybody. Ian Dallas stopped in to talk about the Unfinished Swan and, uh, you know, how he got to working with Sony and about his career and everything else. He even makes a Shuhei Yoshida reference, which we're always a fan of. So let's hear about it right now. That's right, Andrew Goldfarb, if you're the one who introduced us, because I have no idea. Uh, it's me, Greg Miller, alongside Unfinished Swan creative director. Ian Dallas, how are you, sir? I'm great. Are you excited to be here? I'm very excited. The game uh, just comes out, or just uh, when it comes out today. Today, yes, yes. That, you're, it's Tuesday. It's of course, in the future. Yes, right. no, now in the present. <laughs> yeah, it's a very exciting time to uh, to have the game finally, finally, finally out there. How long have you been working on the unfinished one? Uh, for me, four years, uh-huh. and then the, the company itself uh, has been around for the last three years. Mm-hmm, uh, but mm-hmm. there was a year in grad school. Sure. So, uh, kind of a, a big deal to finally have this out to the public, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's it like then? I mean, I, it's one of those things, you know, like, we always talk about how at IGN, like, uh, you know, we get used to being hated on, or you, but you, I post a review, and then the next day I'm going to post something else, and I'm going to post something else, and then that day I'll post a million articles, so I don't even think about it anymore. You can say whatever you want, but you guys, you know, you're, you're, you're fresh out of school, you're, you're young-faced youngsters out there making video games. How does it feel to finally have this one under your belt? It's exciting, I think. Uh you know, there's a lot of things that uh, we hadn't really expected uh, seeing the game come out. Uh, you know, like you've, you've got critics that are all over the board. Uh, you know, some people love it, some people yeah. hate it. And, you know, of course, the thing that ultimately matters is how do, how do players feel about it. Sure. And it's an interesting game of trying to figure out, like, well, you know, if this is what reviewers feel like, like, you know, what do players, you know, how is their uh, their feeling of the game and, and trying to gauge that? How do you do that? How do you gauge that? Is it just constantly checking Twitter? Or? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's about the best straw poll you can do at this point. Um, and you know, talking to people and and friends certainly, and and people that are going to tell you what they they honestly think about the game. Sure. And, and uh, the problems they have with it and the things that they loved. And, you know, we've been watching playtests of this game. We've been doing playtests like every two weeks or, or, or even shorter uh, for the last two or three years. So we have a pretty good sense of, of how people take the game in little chunks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but seeing people sit down and actually play it, uh, and especially a game like The Unfinished Swan, that is, you know, it, it's an experience. It's something sure. that you kind of give yourself over to. And, uh, you know, when you're doing a playtest and you're asking people to go through very specific areas of the game and huge chunks are not finished, uh, it's hard to gauge what the ultimate reaction is going to be. Even something as simple as, you know, getting the menus in there where it's all just a seamless, elegant transition, uh, you know, it's, it's just a world of difference from the kind of janky developer <laughs> version of the game that people see with, you know, poorly scrawled uh, temporary menus that kind of, like, all these things that take you out of it and then, you know, you're always hoping that, well, when we get all the final stuff in, you know, in the outsourcing, that's and, and when it'll come together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that'll be, you know, a hundred times better. And it's really like, it'll be 25% better at best. <laughs> um, so you, you know, you've got to hope that you're at least 75% good uh, by the time you get there. So then, 
I mean, how do you mentally prepare yourself for that? You're working on a game that you know is an experience. And I have to imagine you knew early on that some people are going to get this and love it, and some people are just not going to feel this, and it's not going to be Call of Duty, and this is you know never going to review well with them. So, I mean, how do you mentally prepare yourself for that when like you know press embargo comes around for it uh, well i think throughout testing we've tried to get people from all walks of life uh you know we found that just in talking to people about the game and people that had seen the you know the uh youtube video that went up four years ago now uh <laughs> the, the game really seemed to appeal to two very different kinds of players uh there's the people that uh, don't play games at all because they're not really interested in you know what games usually have to offer or you know zombies or world war ii sure. or whatever it is and then there's people that play games all the time and you know are kind of bored with with what they've played and so we you know tried to do a lot of playtesting with people that you know were in those two very you know different camps uh, because we were located in the god of war office space <laughs> it was a lot easier for us to pull from you know the sort of more hardcore players yeah uh, but yeah it was it was really interesting seeing that a lot of the same experiences, you know, appealed to both types of people. And, you know, everyone plays the game a little bit differently. And certainly for a new player, it takes them a lot longer to get through areas. But there's also like a more of a sense of satisfaction of just, you know, being able to, to make it through. So, you know, it was surprising that there was so much commonality in, in terms of like what people responded to in the game. Gotcha. So now, give me a little bit of the rundown of Giant Sparrow for people who don't know. You, you started in high school, right? You were in this chemistry project or something? Uh, it was a graduate student project. Oh, it was uh, graduate school. My yeah, apologies. Yeah. Uh, I, I was at USC in the game design program, and every week I'd come in with this new crazy prototype. And at the time, I was interested in how people move around space. And one week, it was just this you know, white room, black paint demo that, that essentially became the Unfinished Swan. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and then there was a, you know, contract with Sony, and they said, all right, well, let's, you know, make this game. I think initially it was like a year and a half from now, which turned <laughs> into three years plus. Uh, but, you know, at that point, uh, you know, like I had a, a contract that I had to deliver this game and then started uh, trying to, you know, cajole my friends into uh, joining the project and, uh, and working on it. We started initially with an art director who'd worked on the XNA prototype and uh, he came over from France for a year and, and helped out and then went back. And we just sort of, you know, as the game developed and we had a better sense of what we were making, you know, we started to add more and more people. And uh, we started off with I think, two or three people. And then really just over time, you know, by the end, we were up to, I think, 12 people. Oh, wow. So now, was there ever that oh shit moment of like, I'm in over my head? Like, you know, I've come from school and then all of a sudden Sony snatches me up for this contract and I have to de deliver this game. Yes and no. I think we had an initial prototype, which was fantastic, and I, I, I totally recommend that to anyone starting a game. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's have, usually good to have something. Yeah, have, have as much of your game done as possible before you even start it and you, you know, bring in all these other people and producers and, and things. Uh, so we knew what the game was going to feel like in the very beginning of the game. But as far as, you know, how it was going to develop and what was going to happen, uh, you know, I think we thought we knew, maybe. Yeah. But as soon as we started, you know, playtesting stuff, we realized, like, oh, that's way too hard, that's confusing, that, you know, isn't fun. And so there was at least, like, a year or so there where we were just blue-skying a lot of stuff. And there were, you know, some sleepless nights where it just <laughs> felt like this is never going to get done uh, because, you know, every day you come up with, like, a new cool idea but then, you know, that just makes it, you know, even harder to do what you already set out to do. But I think that's, you know, one of the reasons that the game ended up looking and feeling the way that it does is that it went off in all these different directions. And we found some cool stuff that we just never would have found if we were making a game that was all about splatting paint, you know. And instead, this is a game about inspiring a sense of awe and wonder, which is 
not something that you can put on a schedule. You know, it's not like you can circle a date on the calendar and say, all right, this is when the awe goes in. Ship it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was just, it was a lot of fumbling around, but it was, uh, you know, like a fun, somewhat stressful process uh, that, that ultimately, you know, kind of winnowed down eventually and you, you find things that, that work and that you're all excited about. And uh, I think that's the trick of it is just, you know, keeping an open mind and then finding things that really work and then latching onto those and never letting go. So then you you know you get to be the creative guy and go do all this stuff. What did what was Sony looking at it from a business? I mean, were were they upset that it was taking longer? Or I because you know we talked to Shuhei Yoshida. He's been on the show many a time here. Mm-hmm. He seems like a laid back dude, but I'm sure he cracks the whip once in a while. Yeah, Shuhei's pretty amazing. Yeah. I think he's, <laughs> for someone at his very 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 high level, yeah. uh, he's surprisingly well informed about the day to day stuff that goes on. And I think you know a lot of that comes from him just being really excited about these kind of games. So he comes at it, you know, almost like a fan uh, that just, you know, is really, you know, really enthusiastic about these things. Uh, For Sony, I'm not, you know, entirely sure because we were, to Sony's credit, uh, really well shielded from whatever else was going on uh, with Sony. I mean, there were times where we would get these kind of ominous... Uh, I don't know, stairs or something in meetings were like, oh, guys, like, this is not looking good. You know, you better pull something out of the hat. And then we'd, you know, work a bit harder and then, you know, something would come out. But uh, it's hard to say, you know, for me. Sure, what, sure. Yeah, what, what the higher level, you know, dealings were. But I think, you know, we we hit a point, I remember, about like a year and a half into the game or so where, you know, we were kind of fishtailing around and coming up with a bunch of stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we had a meeting and, Sony's position was basically, you know what, we know this is not going like how we kind of thought it was going to go, but, you know, we really just want you to do the best game you can. Uh, and that was really a, a, a turning point for the project because I think if Sony had said, you know what, like we want to cut our losses, we probably would have released The Unfinished Swan, you know, a year and a half ago, and it would have been just about throwing paint around. And and that's fine. I think there are a lot of people that would have played that game sure uh, and it you know would have been okay but it would not have been the experience that we were ultimately able to create and i think sony just really wanted something that uh you know shows off the playstation 3 uh you know from a commercial standpoint but then also just you know as game fans themselves they wanted something that people had never seen before and that uh was this just amazing experience that they could give to people do you think that's a rarity? Like, from people you talk to, other developers you work with, it's one of those things we get so, you know, on Podcast Beyond, we talk all the time about the first parties and how it seems Sony is really adept at cultivating this and trying to get games out. Is that something, I mean, I'm not, you know, like, I can't, we can't speak to Microsoft or whatever, but is this something you hear from other developers that they're under that kind of pressure and getting that kind of support, or is it, is it apples and oranges? I don't have a lot of experience with other publishers, so you know a lot of what I hear is is secondhand. But it definitely seems like there is no one out there today who is willing to put their money where their mouth is, as far as you know, really believing in projects and uh, you know pushing them through from the beginning to the end. And I think you know Sony comes in at the beginning of a deal and knows that things are not going to go exactly the way that the contract says, because mm-hmm. that's just you know when you have an untested idea, especially. You know, something that is being done by a lot of untested people, which is... <laughs> you crazy kids. You're yeah, mystery van. Yeah, no, it's not It's not a good plan for managing risk. Um, you know, if you have this crazy idea, as well as people that have never made a game before. But, you know, I think for Sony, that's part of what was appealing about the project, is that they knew that we were not a bunch of guys that had been, you know, making racing games for the last, you know, 10 years or something. Like, we... We'd been in school. Like, we yeah. had no, you know, conceptions about these things, and it's going to take us longer, but... You didn't know how contracts work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, 
So, I, you know, I think Sony just had a lot of skin in the game and, and uh, you know, they gave us all kinds of support you know, beyond the contract yeah. and, and people that, you know, they just give us folks in the God of War team that would stop by and, you know, give us <laughs> suggestions on, on what, uh, you know, to do with the PS3. And I, I don't think a lot of publishers have that mindset and certainly not the, like the third party publishers are, you know, completely different ballgame. Sure. Uh, but yeah, Sony is, is really focused on, I think, creating these you know fantastic experiences and they're willing to do what it takes to get there now switching gears in talking about the game itself how hard was it to demo the unfinished swan like you know i guess the past year pretty much because i've seen it a lot at e3 and it's been popping up other stuff and it's one of those things where i find it hard to review right because it's it's this two-hour experience and the magic of it is seeing what comes next so for me to sit there and tell you what comes next ruins the game altogether right and so you guys are just showing black and white rooms here and there and it's like did that kill you not to be able to tell people wait 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 but uh no i think i mean you, you hit the nail on the head that this is a game about surprise and we wanted people uh, and discovery and we wanted people to have that experience for themselves uh and i think it's been really exciting to see that reviewers without being told uh, have also picked up on that and the reviews are somewhat cryptic but positive which as a player <laughs> like that's my favorite thing to read you know this review that's like oh i can't even tell you what this is this is really going to be uh, mind-blowing like I, you know i i love those kind of reviews uh, for as far as demoing the game for people, it was surprisingly easy to just show the first area, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and even people that had you know kind of heard about the game but had never played it, uh, you know, the game demos extremely well in the beginning. It's uh, you know something as far as like throwing black paint in a white world that you've never seen before that you can pick up on in like two seconds and that keeps you know kind of expanding and and being satisfying for you know at, at least five minutes uh which is a, <laughs> really a perfect demo time yeah, uh, yeah. you know and I, I think it's a good good arc to that and we did get i think the the hardest thing about demoing was actually the pushback that we got from sony marketing that kept pushing us to reveal new stuff and new sure. screenshots and, and you know new mechanics and You're like we can't i'm sorry yeah, and, and, and I think <laughs> i'll throw you a vine here <laughs> right and that's you know how a lot of games are marketed that there's a, a list of bullet points and i think that's just like the standard way to go sure. about it and uh, you know, we were able to, you know, with, with the Sony people in, in Santa Monica, you know, kind of work through it and, and kind of reach an agreement of, okay, well, we'll show this one area of the game that kind of highlights some of the other tone that we, we wanted. Like, I mean, I think other than, you know, aside from the, the mechanics part of it, we also wanted to show people that it wasn't just this really austere white uh, space, that there were also some really lush, uh, you know, fantastic worlds out there. Now, as you you said earlier, right, it starts with a tech demo when you're in a school and you kind of go and go and go and go and finally there's that moment of, you know, we can be so much more. At what point does Monroe's story enter? Like, when did you start thinking we wanted to make a storybook, really, to wrap all this together? Yeah, that was a kind of complicated development on that. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the timeline was like February of 2008, maybe. The initial prototype started percolating. And it took about eight months or so to figure out what this white world was going to be. I, th I think that was, as a designer, the big challenge initially was how do you explain, you know, why a world would be all white? Yeah. And the thing that I sort of grabbed onto in the beginning was, uh, or, or after eight months, really. Uh, was <laughs> in this, the long timeline of this game, that's that's the beginning. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> that counts. Uh, that, you know, it's this unfinished thing that there's a world that is, you know, kind of unfinished. And that's, that's why something is all white. That, and then... Uh, you know, it's sort of like building a stew or something that you've got these ingredients and these flavorings. And I had no idea the way that the game was going to develop from there. Uh, but I, I think the idea of, 
an unfinished world and as a character, to me, the most unfinished thing in the whole world is, you know, a child who has lost both of their parents. That, you know, the, the parents will never have a chance to finish raising uh, this child. And so that just felt like something that was really satisfying and interesting and short uh, bit, of, uh, bit of story. And so the rest of the game really or, uh, evolved organically off of that, that seed. Gotcha. It's also really fucking depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little bit. And I think, you know, some of that was also just, again, uh, you know, kind of looking at what we had, even in the very beginning of this white space and throwing black paint around and trying to figure out, like, you know, how do you work with the grain on that? Mm-hmm. What do you do that you already, like, the game already does well. And, and I think even in the very beginning when it's just a room, there's this sense of uneasiness and you know, as well as curiosity, you know, that you're curious about what's out there, but then a little afraid. And, you know, also it's kind of lonely that there's this white space and you're just, you know, exploring it like, like an astronaut or something. And well, that's part of it, right. Is I think making that game speak to how, why it speaks the way it does. Right. I mean, my reviews up, I'm sure most beyond listeners have read at this point or heard me rant about it, but I mean, that's, that's it. Right. Is that, I think you're talking about, I, I say it's fucking depressing. <laughs> you're talking about how emotionally touching and everything else is, but that knowing that about him hooks you into being him, right? And it's one of those things when you're playing as it, it is quiet and it is this solo experience. It is very much personal. It's very much happening to you at that moment. Yeah, and I think the challenge for us really was how do we take that, you know, stuff that the game already does well, like, you know, being depressing and being kind <laughs> of, uh, you know, confusing and, and discombobulating, and then how do we not make it just about that? But like, where do we go from there? And how do we make something that feels, you know, uh, true to the beginning of the game, but, you know, we, we can go in different directions. And I think the solution that we ultimately you know, arrived at was that the player, uh, you know, I mean, the, the player never really talks. The Monroe is, uh, is basically a silent protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we were able to introduce this character of the king, who's the one who created this entire world. And, uh, you know, it's a good sort of, uh, counterpoint to the silent, slightly sad backstory. You know, the king is this uh, very over-the-top, uh, ridiculous character. Yeah. I like, the, I like the narrator. The narrator is the one that gets me. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that uh, started out as temp dialogue. Yeah. And uh, it was my aunt. No just, way, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she came in, and uh, we, I think we, we originally brought her in because she had a, uh, a nine-year-old son who is now, unfortunately, like, his voice changed. Uh, like, the game took so long yeah. that <laughs> a boy became a man. Yeah, you um, couldn't use him to voice Monroe there? Yeah, no, he actually literally became a man. Uh, I went to his bar mitzvah not oh, long ago. congratulations. Yeah, yeah, no, Isidore Frankel, uh, if, you're, if you're listening. Mazel tov. Yes, uh, hats off to you. But, uh, yeah, he was great. And, and then his voice changed and we had to record a new actor. But we, we also brought his mom in because, you know, a 9 or 10-year-old kid can't drive in Los Angeles. Yeah, of course. And, uh, and then she just recorded some temp dialogue. And we were looking around, you know, two years later, like, well, who, who should we, you know, cast instead? And we're just like, why are we worrying about this? She's awesome. Yeah, Everybody she's loves awesome. Her. I thought for sure she was a real voice actress. Like, no, you know. no. I mean, the, I think one of the, the challenges uh, for this game is, trying to get the narrator to sound like a mom. Yeah. And, you know, if you've ever tried to cast people for roles like that, or actually, I mean, kids are another example of, like, trying to cast someone who sounds natural is really, really hard because, you know, actors, you know, for all their advantages, rarely ever sound really natural. Sure. You know, I mean, they're, they're great at, at giving, you know, really uh, heartfelt speeches or whatever, but, you know, just for naturalistic dialogue, I think you're often better off with someone 
uh, you know, that's just playing themselves. And in this case, it was, you know, my aunt who has read lots of stories for her kids. <laughs> uh, you know, she's kind of been preparing her whole life for at least the last 10 years for this role. This, this is the role she's been preparing for. Yes. She's very excited for the unfinished one, too. Yes, yes. Uh, and, and then, you know, I mean, as my aunt also, uh, there was a weird, you know, personal vibe for me with, uh, you know, she sounds a lot like my own mother yeah. reading stories, which is, you know, what, you know, a lot of this game we'll is. We'll see. And, like, that's the whole thing that I talk about in that review, right, is that for me, it... It, like it, that makes so much sense because yeah she does sound like you know what you imagine that mother to be like she has that motherly voice that i'm sure my that i you know you know my subconscious relates to my mom reading me stories and stuff like that but yeah totally that's what it that's why one of those things is why it like hooks me and i keep calling it comfort food and stuff like that yeah, that's very I, interesting and i would be remiss if i did not also call out the uh, fantastic recording technologies of uh, steve johnson and mike naderwell our sound designers who i think did a great job of you know, I mean, it's one thing to have an actor, but then it's also like there's a challenge in how do you mic them and record sure. them and get a feel that actually, you know, like you're in the room with them. And yeah. I think they did a great job. Yeah, they did a fantastic job. I totally, totally think that works. And then your score is awesome, too. The oh, Nashville people. Uh, the, all that music's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, Joel uh, is a guy who did all the, the composing, and then we, we went to Nashville. and. Uh, yeah. It, it, you, you've down. done well. You've done well, Ian. I want you to know that, all right? Yeah, I think we've been fortunate uh, you know, throughout the project to have people at Sony that really... Uh, you know, kind of believed in the project and brought, you know, some of their own uh, quirkiness to it. Sure. All right. So wrapping up, the big question I have for you is how do you feel about the comparisons to that game company? Did you know they were coming? You're like, oh, we're at USC. We're in this game program just like they were. That's funny. Genova Chan. Ha, 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 ha. And then you get the same deal from Sony and everybody kind of looks at you. Did you expect that? I mean, that's some pressure. They yeah, made no, some good games. <laughs> they have, and and they continue to make good games. Uh, you know, when we, no, when we signed, uh, you know, Journey was just like a glimmer in, in Genova's eye at the time. Uh, yeah, no, certainly there is a lot of pressure, but I think for us it also felt like a fantastic place to be in because there's so many people already on PSN that have, uh, you know, people that, that may not have even thought to buy, you know, kind of an experimental game before that have had, you know, fantastic luck rolling the dice yeah. with uh, Flow and Flower and, and now Journey. And, you know, it just feels like a really great place to uh, to release a game like The Unfinished One. All right, so now you have this three exclusive games, PlayStation. You already got one of them out now. Uh, what's number two all about? Tell me that. Uh, I, I cannot God talk about number two yet, but, you know. Is given it... our track record, I, I would say... You know, it'll be a Look little while. Look for it on PlayStation 5. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be some time. I mean, it's not, not Team Ico levels. But, uh... <laughs> so is it one of those things even, I imagine, I don't know if you can, can you confirm or deny that you're working on number two yet? We're looking around now. We yeah. can't confirm or deny anything. Do you imagine the experiences you have, the, the trails you've already blazed are going to help you quite a bit on the second one? Uh, yes and no. I think, you know, you're coming at it. I mean, when it's your first game, there's a lot of mistakes that you make that end up being really interesting things that come out of it later, but then, man, it takes a long time to make those mistakes and recover. So yeah. I think the next project will be a lot faster for certain phases and then, you know, perhaps slower for others. Okay, great. Uh, Ian, The Unfinished Swan is out right now on the PlayStation Network, if the store is updated, which it probably has by now. <laughs> Everyone should go buy it. I think give it a 9.0. Oh, for any of the haters out there, it's two hours long for the first playthrough. You want to talk about that? Why, why should they still buy it? Uh, well, I think that it's two hours if you run through, you know, at, at full speed. Uh, we've seen definitely people take, you know, up to four. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think it's a game that is unlike anything you've ever seen before. So if you're someone who's interested in new experiences and, you know, hopefully, like, really powerful, memorable experiences, our, our goal is to 
know, I feel like games these days have kind of divided, uh, and a lot of games are increasingly more about di being distractions, that there's something that you play when you're standing in line or whatever. Right. And this is a game that is, is definitely in the other camp, um, which is another reason I'm really excited to be on the PlayStation 3, because it feels like, you know, uh, even in the last six years, I mean, it's really, the landscape has changed so much that the PlayStation 3 has become the home for these kind of uh, more like sit down experiences of things sure. that you really can dig into. And so, yeah, we, we wanted to create something that uh, felt like a memorable emotional experience. And so if, if you think that that is, you know, worth two hours of your time, uh, it th is. then I think <laughs> the, uh, the unfinished swan would be a great game for you to pick up. Great. That was a good one. Ian, give me a beyond before you leave. What is the beyond? You just got to say beyond real loud. Beyond! Beyond. There it is. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, yeah, that was great. I tell you. That was very nice. That was really one. interesting, actually. I like that Shuhei reference. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Back to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Starhawk single player um, is coming out. And, of course, our regard and best wishes go out to everyone at Lightbox Interactive yep. who got laid off. Um, that was the studio that uh, created Starhawk. And they are realigning themselves to do mobile games. Very similar to David Jaffe's uh, studio after they released Twisted Metal. Yep. It's called Marketing Your Game. Yeah. Uh, Can we say something else about that? Yeah. 24 people let go there at Lightbox. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Job told us all, the president of Lightbox, mm. uh, another guest of Up at Noon, you know, face of the thing. He's the one who talked about it ahead of time, gave a really awesome press release about it. Like when it, when it, or I guess a statement to yeah. us. Yeah, he gave statement us. His statement was awesome. It, it was, was basically like, saying, yeah. You like, never see people do that too. He was just like, hey, like, like, I gave people a heads up. They had like a week to prepare for this. Like, it sucks. We don't want it to happen any more than they do, but like, it's the nature of the business. Yep. Like, he was just very cool and pragmatic about it. Like, it was that he wasn't trying to hide anything. He was, yeah. very, I mean, usually you ask for comment and that kind of stuff and no one answers you and it's all, you you know, when you do, it's one paragraph sentence. And he was like, you know, you know, we had to do this as a company. Sad to see them go. We gave them this heads up so that they could get their, you know, affairs in order, get get clips, get whatever they needed to, so they could get out of here and do it. And I saw on on that it was Friday that that, that they were actually letting people go. On Friday there was a big like bar thing that he was tweeting from. So I'm guessing they all went out afterwards. So what do they call awesome. that? Uh, Irish wake, right? I don't know. Sure. I think yeah. Okay. Sad times when you go and drink and yeah, sure. Um, Racist. I'm, I'm I'm half Irish. I know. Uh, <laughs> I've picked up on that. Um, my name is Colin Moriarty. Remember, uh, I remember that when my mom was giving you shit, like because she, you know, she's Kennedy or whatever, and she was giving you all this shit for eating potatoes <laughs> for breakfast and yeah. dinner. Like your last meal would be potatoes, and then your first meal in the morning would be a plate of potatoes. <laughs> I love potatoes; they're good. Yeah. They're also they're uh, they're also gluten free. Um, mm -hmm. Killzone HD comes out on PSN for 15 bucks if you don't want to buy it as part of the trilogy. You guys didn't like that at Comic Con. No, no, it was a little rough, wasn't it, Rob? Yeah, that man. Talk about a dated, a dated control scheme. Woo! Yeah, I can't much. I think even after, re even if you went in and kind of fiddled and remapped all the controls, I still I have strong suspicions that that just would not play well. Plus, the remapping screen was like the most convoluted thing ever. Just itself, just this remapping screen itself. I was like, what the hell is this? All right. Um, <laughs> Orgorithm, by the way, comes out of the Vita. I forgot to mention that. That comes to be that uh, Clements will be reviewing that. Yeah, one. you want to know a little uh, tidbit on that one? Sure. I always thought it was ogre rhythm, like ogre, a big ogre, yeah, yeah, like and ogre then rhythm. Game. But no, it's spelled weird. Yeah, orga. Orga. And that was when Clements realized he had dyslexia. <laughs> That's when he immediately regretted taking the review. There is no. <laughs> yeah, I can review. I can review that game for you, and then he goes and like searches what it is. He's like, God damn. <laughs> and uh, the darkness two comes out digitally on darkness. Darkness. Uh, <laughs> Dem demos. Sports champions two. Uh, we have a copy of that game. We've had it for a while. I just haven't had a chance to get to it yet. That review will go up next week. Uh, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, which came out last week, both have demos. Uh, they both have platinum trophies as well, and I'm looking forward to them uh, being cut in half in price, so I buy them They'll both. Be PlayStation Plus freebies eventually. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Splits has a demo as well, so I assume that means that it's a Vita. Uh, 
demo. And on PS2, Winback Covert Operations comes out. Oh my God, Winback! And I was talking, and I was talking, Winback. and I was talking to Stephen Ng about it because Stephen Ng, as far as I know, is the only person that likes Winback. <laughs> <laughs> I still, so whenever I think of Winback, for some reason, it also makes me think of um, Siphon Filter, which in turn just makes me think of you being like, looks like you took a crap in his pants when he's running around. <laughs> was that? Wait, was that? Uh, what was that from? What? The crap in his pants. What oh, game you, you, I think you, either you or Greg would just discuss how the run animation in Siphon Filter. Oh, no, that was Greg. Filter. I would never say such a thing about Siphon Filter. <laughs> <laughs> I like Siphon Filter the first one. But I can. I think everybody can admit that he's, Gabe Logan's running like he's got a load in his pants. <laughs> Maybe he does. So, Greg, you shit in your pants if you're in that fucking situation. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as the mission begins, I guess he's like, I'm all set. <laughs> <laughs> We are a go. <laughs> I made a terrible accident. <laughs> I made a terrible accident. Logan, Logan, are you okay? Oh, God, it's everywhere. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Colin, what do you say we have a topic of the week? Topic of the week. Um, today's topic of the week comes from a man whose name I could have sworn when I read through the article would have been a joke at my expense. Because he knows there's no way in hell I can pronounce his name. But I checked the email address. That's it. Colin, I'm going to let you take a crack at that one. Because I just... Oh, that's some bullshit. <laughs> uh, Temeskin? Gabregzabar? Gabreg- oh, my God. I got to see. <laughs> yeah. Feshasian. Oh, wow. That's what, that's what I would think. And that's what the email address says, too. So, God bless him. Oh no God. way. That's a crazy name. I like that name. I think I was like 80% there. Okay. Yeah, I think you What I'll do is I'll make the album art for this show just the name on a white screen so you won't know what it means until right now. We'll put your arm one more time because I'm always offended when people mispronounce my name and I don't want to make him, you know, How do people mispronounce your name? Colin? Colin Moriarty. Colin Moriarty? Like it's really like that hard. Hey, Colin Moriarty. I, and I hate the extra I that people put in my last name too. M O like it's M O R I A R T Y. They put I T Y, and one of my hockey jerseys when I was a kid had I T Y on it. You got both pissed. home and away, and there's nothing I can do about it. I was fucking really mad about it. Moriarty. Like, yeah, Moriarty. Yeah, Moriarty. <laughs> it's like another. It's like another syllable. Uh, Temeskin, Gabrazgabar, Fasagian. That's wow. that's that's how I think I'm gonna. I'm wow. circling it so I don't forget. Write it, please write in and let us know if we, we did justice to your name because I don't want to, you know. Well, yeah. Anyways, mispronounce your name. His question that will now be topic of the week for us to discuss and dissect until it's time to film this thing. Beyond. 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 I thought it would be interesting to get your opinions on the amount of big games released or scheduled to be released this year. To me, it feels like last year had stronger releases. He's talking about 2012 versus 2013. Got it. Uh, and quite a few huge games were pushed to 2013. This leaves me feeling like this year was a fairly weak year overall, although there were some strong games. Like my personal game of the year, Mass Effect 3. Am I wrong? Now, he's got two lists here that I'll read through to freshen up your memory. Yes, please. Big games of 2012, according to TGF, our favorite writer. TGF. <laughs> 2012. Diablo 3, Max Payne 3, Journey, Mass Effect 3, Kingdoms of Modeler, Zombie U, Far Cry 3, Hitman Absolution, Halo 4, Assassin's Creed 3, Dishonored, Borderlands 2, Sleeping Dogs, XCOM, Spec Ops Line, The Darkness 2. Guild That's Wars. what he's saying. Our big, big, yeah. There's more in there. That's what I'm saying. Guild yeah. Wars, uh, PlayStation All Stars. I think we yeah. we would term as a big game. Did he not sure. say Darksiders? He did not say Darksiders, but I wouldn't either. All right, come on, really, Darksiders? 
Get your mediocre shit out of my house. It, it was the best-selling he, game that month. Like, so. and he was, it was a shitty month. <laughs> he, was, he was just talking about... Um, oh, no, he wasn't just talking about PlayStation games because no. he's put Halo no. in there. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, also yeah. forgot Black Ops 2 and uh, some other stuff. But yeah, sorry, point taken, continue. Okay, 2013, according to him. All right. Last of Us, Tomb Raider, DMC, Crisis 3, God of War Ascension, Sly Cooper Thieves in Time, Gears of War Judgment, Beyond Two Souls, Dead Space 3, Bioshock... Uh, Okay. TCSC Blacklist Splinter Cell thank you thank I don't you. know why it's a TS Tom, oh, Clancy, Tom Clancy Splinter, Splinter Cell, Cell. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Injustice Last Guardian then in parentheses I doubt it mm. that's what he has <laughs> wise so is he right he is in the sense that we're missing I think one of the major pieces of the formula which is that the next gen consoles are probably coming out next year yeah. and that we're going to learn about a whole Whitney of launch games for those two. And yeah. you assume that amongst them will be huge games, including probably the next gen call. But of he's Duty, saying the 2013 gen... looks better than 2012. No, I, I agree with him. Okay. okay. I, I, oh, and I, you're saying even I, without those yeah, games. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I, I think that like we're missing, we're already missing a whole piece of the pie of games that haven't been announced. The new call of duty, new battlefield, probably maybe uncharted, well, a bunch of first party announced. stuff. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, uh, the the point being that like uh, those consoles are coming even if they're not fall 2013 let's even say their first half of 2014 this is still kind of like the last gasp of this generation and so, sure. so I think the first half of 2013 certainly first quarter of 2013 you're seeing a lot of these releases being spread out you know I think uh, a lot of these games might have been delayed because they you know weren't ready yet or whatever but some of them I think were delayed for marketing reasons because some of them oh yeah you don't didn't run want up to come out games. in fall because they need releases next year he didn't yeah. put fuse on that list either I think fuse looks really yeah. cool it's one of those things for me personally I'm. I, I was thinking about this today before I even read the question that 2013 does look more interesting to me than 2012. Well, not, not, tw- not that 2012 yeah. was a bad year, but it was one of those things where Colin is very good about emailing in about games he wants to review. And the majority of them, I was like, oh, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't going to, like, there hasn't been stuff where I'm like, holy shit, I have to read this. And I looked back, uh, we were trying to do something for the Holiday Buyer's Guide today, and I looked back at old reviews, and you figure last year I had just reviewed Uncharted and Batman, and like, there was all these games in the fall that I really thought, you know, anchored my years, how great they were. And like, this year it's like, okay, like, you know, I'm waiting on PlayStation All Stars. I loved Borderlands 2. XCOM's a lot of fun, but I mean, these aren't like the giant marquee games, right? That I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll be, I, I will actually say it'll be. So next year sounds amazing just hearing all of them yeah. in, in one list like that. All of them games? All of them games mm-hmm. in one list them sounds games. unbelievable. With that said, it, it is hard for me to imagine me being more excited than I was this year for a couple games that came out. I mean, you guys knew how psyched I was for Diablo before, like, literally like maybe five to six months before that game yeah, you, came you out big, you, I, you built your pc were you disappointed oh i left sim even. city off the list that's the other one uh, sim city yeah sim city is cool uh were you so, were you disappointed with diablo though it seems like a lot of people were disappointed with Diablo. so i basically I could, yeah i i basically couldn't get enough of it for about 70 to 80 hours and then i all and then at 81 and then at 81 this. hours i it's i suddenly just dropped um, and I think it's it's because I think the end game was really weak, and then Blizzard started to over. It's kind of like the artist that over obsesses, you know. Uh, they, just, sorry, over obsesses. Like Sean Finnegan right now. It's like an artist. <laughs> it's like an artist that obsesses over their work so much that it be, they begin to ruin it, right? I think it's kind of similar. I almost fear that that's like a similar problem as what Diablo is having. And I, I, what are you laughing at? We're just watching Sean Finnegan. Uh, okay. I feel so bad for him. I was like, hey, can you come film us open a package? And it's now been like 30 minutes of him trying to set up this camera. I don't, Poor kid. Yeah, Sean, you, just to let you know, you don't have to make this a fancy production. We could. Sean Finnegan wants it to look as good as it can. I, I respect that. It is just plugging one lighting here. There's no plugs down there. It's crazy. Hey, I didn't build this dumbass room. And the last thing I want to do is unplug something and ruin the whole podcast. 
Well, oh, that's true. true. Oh, Trust me. Oh, wow. It's like the sun just came on. If in we here. can, we just sit here and talk about shitting Gabe Logan's pants. So I don't think you have to worry about this podcast being ruined anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I, I think to his point, yeah, don't forget that a lot of those games uh, were 2012 games. I mean, Tomb Raider and Bioshock yeah. were delayed, and I think um, you know when when GTA Five was announced earlier this year, we didn't oh, know when the hell he doesn't it was have coming. GTA. Like, yeah, he, I mean, GTA we assume 5, that's yeah. 2013. Now it's clearly not 2012. Like it, yeah. maybe it's I next gen. We don't know that much about it, but I mean, like the point being that like when that was announced, that was like end of 2011. Like we assumed that could be a 2013 or a 2012 yeah. game. I thought it was going to so, be a 2012. Yeah, so I think like coming into this year, I think it just seemed like a brighter prospects than maybe now looking back than what actually came out because man if tomb raider and bioshock had still come out this fall that would have been two more like huge the, games. and see yeah those would have been two huge games i would have been yeah. super excited about it. right now i'm really excited for assassin's creed 3 but so yeah. just waiting to get my hands on it liberation 2 which I, w- I will i will confess on it the air that i'm worried about like why the hell don't i have that yet that comes out yeah. next tuesday i'm reviewing that come on yeah that's a little scary <clears throat> but i know keza has three already she there. said she yep. tweeted that she was all set to review it so hopefully i can talk to her one day when the moon's align and we're both awake at the same time let Maybe. me just. Oh, no, no, the no, moons. Let me just. Echo, I don't know how time works. Oh, okay. Let me just echo a Colin Moriarty joint that he just said earlier uh, today. There are too many games, to yeah. the point of where it it's like you kind of have those moments, those pained realizations where I have to acknowledge that I will never be able to play everything that I want to play in the video game world, like in the in this huge, incredible. Uh, you know, amalgamation of all these different games, all these different amazing experiences. There's just, you. a human being physically does not have enough time to experience them all. Yeah, and that's what's even more depressing. It's, it's beyond video games. Beyond. 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 Um, for me, it's like, not only do I not have enough time to play, you know, I'm trying to play Dishonored right now. I know Assassin's Creed is coming. I really want to get to XCOM. I'd love to play Need for Speed, PlayStation All-Stars, Little Big Planet Karting. Like, all these games are coming so fast, week after week. Halo, Call of Duty. It's on top of that, like, there's TV shows I'm trying to watch. I'm way behind on Boardwalk Empire. I, yeah. I haven't read any of the new 52 that I've been saying I was going <laughs> to read since last year. Like, I would love to read all the Batman stuff. Like, God, it, it's it's so hard to just keep up with everything. J.K. Rowling released tough. a book. Not a Harry Potter book. I want to read that, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, and I should say... All these things we need to buy and I, consume, okay. man, our I, life sucks. And I was just about to say, in the in the context of, say, that the finances were not an issue. Yeah. Because for some people, it's... Like, I love that in Borderlands 2, like, a student or, like, a young kid can put down the $60 and basically play that game for, like, an entire year, if not more. And I don't. I really Sean, Sean just threw a microphone into my face, and I didn't know what you was happening. Don't worry about it. You can yeah, talk to us. Fine. You can tell us what yeah. you're up to. It's like, again. Uh, but yeah, I love I love games that have real length to them. You know, real just they're really real. You, you, you like the girthy I like it long and meaty, meaty, long, meaty experience that you really can just wrap your lips around. You know, maybe it's a little moist. It's all juicy. Oh yeah, absolutely. TGF. TGF, remember, please write in. Get your Tell hands us if we were saying that. your name correctly. Thank you for a good topic of the week. Uh, Sean's still setting up. Let's get to some uh, reader mail. Mail call. Reader mail call. call. Maelstrom. Mail. Bring the mail in. Now you're all just You want me to put this on, you said? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, we're going to begin with a piece of snail mail. Andrew. Sorry Ooh. to interrupt. Sent in by our favorite baker in the world, Fistful of Crafts <gasps> on Twitter. Dear Greg, Colin, and Andrew. Get fucked. <laughs> I just finished listening to Beyond 262. Thank you so much for taking the time to explain to the listeners how and why comments slash remarks might get n- might not get the anticipated response or why they get blocked. The transparency of the conversational podcast is what makes my day each week. Well, that and the diversity. And then he puts in parentheses, Mayo Rep. So Mayo Represent. Mayo Rep what? He's got some quick fire here. Colin, mm. if you're on Long Island for Thanksgiving, mm. please let me know, and I'll have some focaccia for you. 
Okay. Well, I won't be. I won't be there. But you can sell focaccia bread. Focaccia is good. Andrew, love focaccia. Glad you enjoyed the pumpkin bread. Thank you. It was delicious. Greg, I hope you recovered well from your surgery and chemo is going well. I have recovered. Chemo is going as well as it possibly can because chemo sucks. <laughs> Thank you, Fistful of Crafts, for writing in. Thanks to everybody who sent in uh, lots, lots of lots of love for us after the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed about, that. I noticed we talked that. about Twitter. We talked about uh, comments and everything else. So I'm, I'm, was... sad I, I'm sad I missed that, but thank you guys for filling, filling in for me. No problem. We do I, even though you always hate on me in the description <laughs> of the podcast every time I miss it. It's, it's not like, oh, Ryan, you know, was really busy and he couldn't be here even though he wants to be. You know, it's boo him. Destroy <laughs> him. <laughs> Destroy Superman. <laughs> Sean, you ready? We're ready. All so right. if you guys want to kind of all relocate over yes. to that side of the table. I'm going to have to... All right, well, we'll I'm going to bring like this. Yeah. Oh, with swing our mics? Okay. Well, no. Uh, you can talk into my mic. Yeah, you me. can be behind us or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess we need them for the audio. Yeah, so you see how these two mics are positioned here? Actually, I'll reposition them for you. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, so this mic is going oh, hey, to be... Hey, Podcast Beyond, sorry. We're setting up guys. this thing. This video will be embedded in the article eventually. I have, I have a feeling it's not going to go up super quick. So, check back every so often. I just know how the IGN video team works. They're they're doing real projects. They can't do this. And I still <laughs> don't have projects. a computer that okay. I want. You know what I'm talking about. Like, nice paper, huh? Yeah. It's gold. Shiny. It's gold. You want to see Greg Miller gold. and the crew of Podcast You want to see a podcast yeah. beyond people? You should check it out. What is the scary... It's like the we'll scary we'll ghost. Get, you okay. you want to keep spoiling everything here? Sorry. You want to you you ruin the show for everybody? No, I don't want to ruin the show for anyone. All right. Not it. Some people? <laughs> just like maybe... <laughs> Like a third of it, maybe, third of the people? maybe like a maybe like a nine. See, I told yeah, you. I was setting up someone. I was setting up the bomb for someone. They're they're gonna. Okay. Do I th- no, I'm sorry. I just. I really hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, Greg Miller from IGN.com. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, what's going on? It's us. I'm on this mic too. Don't forget about me. <laughs> <laughs> this must be really exciting for people listening to the. They audience. enjoy seeing how the sausage is made or hearing it. Can you slide down the mic? It's gonna be great. I want to hear how the sausage is made. Everyone talking about seeing it. I just want to hear it. <laughs> they'll they'll hear they'll, they get to hear all the idiocy leading up to the video and then the idiocy afterwards. All right, I am rolling. You guys can take it away when you are ready. All right, what's up, everybody? I'm Greg Miller. This is Colin Moriarty. That's Andrew Goldfarb. That's Ryan Clements. We're IGN's Podcast Beyond. Uh, every Tuesday, we put out a new episode of Podcast Beyond, and it's a podcast about PlayStation. Mm. But then we get off track and talk about Walking Dead and the Wii, 15 Wii games. It's a long story, but you should listen to this episode. Right now, we're recording episode 263, and the other day, some fan brought in this thing. Uh, We think it's some kind of of frame business wrapped in a gold thing, and it's got the little card here with a drawing on it. You peel that back. Looks like the fan's name is Sean Donan. He's a freelance illustrator. He sent a card. Let's read the card, too. See what we're up against here, Colin. Greg is opening up the card. I kind of want to see this drawing. This is a drawing now? Yes. He's a freelance illustrator. Look at that. That's great. Colin. Yeah. Every Tuesday, right, you read well. the Roper Report. Mm. You want to read this? It looks like sure. you have to summarize it because it's, it's huge. Let's see. It's a, we didn't realize how long it was because uh, we wanted to save it for the show. He's from Nantucket. I once knew a man from Nantucket. Yeah? <laughs> Dear Greg Miller and the crew of Podcast Beyond. 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 I present to you this gift at the request of Ryan Clements. This Ooh. is in response to episode 250. After all the posing and shenanigans you performed upon Greg's exclamation, quote, we're moving towards a digital future, end quote. Oh. I decided to take a propaganda approach to this drawing, and I think it worked quite effectively. I hope you enjoy it. Do you want to open it and then we'll yeah. re- read the rest of this? Well, you can, yeah. You look oh, through I'll keep right going, I'll keep going. Yeah, well, you said, I was sorry to hear that Greg recently was diagnosed with cancer. When I was a teenager, was. my best friend diagnosed with leukemia and had to fight it throughout his teen years. He's alive and healthy today, but things were really rough with the chemo and it helped to have friends by his side. I'm glad to hear yours is easily curable, but still, it's nice to have small things like this to cheer up your day, and I hope it does. After all, it's the least I can do for yours and everyone else's hard work at IGN. You wrapped it good. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> wow, look at that. So yeah, there it is beyond moving towards the digital future. You got me looking over there, ready for everything that's coming. Yeah. Then Colin, uh, Ryan, Goldfarb. Moving wow. towards the digital future. Sean, thank you so much. That's you, very you, nice. You are just, you are a fantastic Sean human. Donan. This is amazing. Sorry we didn't, I was in New York yesterday, so I didn't get to see or hear about it that you were here, but I'm glad we got it. I'm glad we get to show it here to the Beyond fan base. Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, Podcast Beyond goes up every Tuesday on IGN.com and iTunes. You can subscribe a whole bunch of ways. Give it a listen, because it's a bunch of gibberish, and I think you'll probably like it. Beyond! Beyond. Beyond. Thank you. Good job. All right, back to the thank shitty you, show. Sean. I'm kidding. Good show. It's, I'm having fun so far. Go far. You're not screwing it up too bad. For once. <sighs> Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, so we'll continue. You here. are Captain America. I know. We'll right? continue here with some. Reader. I noticed that he has the girth of my head down pretty pat. Like I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, do have an, I do have an enormous head. Okay, you talk about the big old noggin you got. Just because I, I got like a big brain. It's almost like Colin's evolving into me. Yeah, I thought for a second it was me like getting my hair shaved, but then no, it was you got you idiots. Um, I look a little like you Joseph idiots in that picture. Jared writes into beyond.ign.com. <laughs> he says, "With Halloween coming up, I thought I'd ask which each of your favorite Halloween theme games are." He lists a bunch, but I don't want to name them so that we have our own picks. Mine, of course, is Costume Quest. Oh, I was just gonna say that. You can still say it. Costume no, Quest. It's Everybody, it's go fun. buy Costume Quest from Double Fun on the PSN yep. right now. Tasha Harris is good work before she quit. Like a quitter. Quitters. Went to Pixar. Oh, I want to make a lot of money in cool movies. Get out of here. Uh, I'm going to say another quest. Uh, it's it's a it's a horror-themed game, also an Adam's Family-themed game, Fester's Quest on Ooh. NES. I, I am quite enamored with that game. That game is tough, but I really quite enjoyed that game. Costume nice. Quest is a good choice, though, of course. Yeah. Ryan, what do you got for me? I, I was looking at this poster. So are we talking about Halloween games? Yeah. Uh, Hall- right. he, Jared wants to know what your favorite Halloween-themed games are. Um, Man... Can I can I cheat and say the uh, section in Kingdom Hearts in which you go to Halloween Town? That's found me. Sure, yeah. I'm gonna use that. You're a fucking cheater, is what you are. Um, yeah, definitely Costume Quest. Costume Quest is so good. Yeah, all the Double Fine games are great, but yeah. I love Costume Quest. Uh, Jared's words. Jared says mine are probably Infamous Festival of Blood and Undead Nightmare. Oh, those oh, are good choices. Well, yeah. Yeah. Undead Nightmare. Yeah. Never, I, I, it's weird that we don't talk more about Undead Nightmare. We all loved it when it came out. Yeah, we gave it a ten as a, for downloadable content as a review when it came out. I played more oh. Undead Nightmare than I did Core Red Dead, probably. I loved Red Dead. Yeah, me too. I, I, it's one of those games I, I always... I want more. I, exactly. And it's one of those games I always think about going back to. I mean, it's always it's one of those, you know, like, I've beaten it. I've seen the story, but there's still side quests and stuff like that. No, like, I, I need to go back, back to. I need to get all the flowers. Yeah, I see, played, go back and do all that, that gym. My Red Dead experience was all broken up because I played across two different roommates' PS3s, and then I, I started my own game on 360 uh, that I barely got into. So it's like I really would like to go back and just play it from start to finish. Uh, Neil writes in. He's got a question for Goldfarb, oh. and then a Colin for and then a comment for Colin. <laughs> Colin, Colin for Colin. For Colin. <laughs> Colin with a Colin. little miniature Colin for Colin to keep with. Him. Thank you, Goldfarb. <laughs> yes. Oh God, the last thing we need is another Colin. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine those conversations coming home to them at night? Oh my God, you're both like you're both making the news. <laughs> no, there's no one there to talk the other down. Did Colin tell his uh, his self injury story from this morning yet? <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Uh, Neil writes in and says, "I've only played the first Bioshock and I saved every little sister. The game okay. was challenging and I was always short on Adam. Do you think that there will be similar choices in Infinite? Maybe choose sides in the Civil War? 
Beyond. That, yes, that's exactly what it is. Um, is it? Yeah. I, mean, I haven't heard so anything about this. They haven't actually talked about that system, but okay. that's, that's so basically this pre-order game that Charles and I were just talking about is called Industrial Revolution, and what you're doing in that is uh, it's like a little mini game, and you're picking sides. You're you're choosing to help out the founders or help out the Vox Populi, and I feel like that has to be kind of a glimpse into what you'll get in this game because like you're coming in if you just really quick cliff notes on the story of Bioshock Infinite. You're coming into Columbia. There's a civil war going on uh, between the founders, this guy named Comstock who founded the city. Yeah, he founded the city. Uh, he has all these old fogies with him. They're like the one percent. Then you've got like this terrorist group uh, that, uh, so they claim, called the Vox Populi, and these are the. It's led by this lady named Daisy Fitzroy. She's they're rising up and they're sick of the status quo and yada yada. And um, I would assume that that there will be sort of like a karma system and you'll have to pick sides. But but you're right, they haven't actually detailed that. Gotcha. Uh, and then Colin, what happened to your face? Oh, this morning I woke up at like six. Yeah. And I was I just need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, so I walked out of my door into the hallway and like as you know, there's like the hallway juts out and then like kinda goes over off to the left. So I have to like walk over a little bit. I'm like I've lived there for like three years now, so I know it pretty well, but I always put my hand out. But this morning for some reason I put my hand out, just walked right into the corner of the wall <laughs> in the dark. It 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 sat the noise was so violent, like when I hit my noise, I was like it felt like terrible and I thought like it, it doesn't like you can barely see that anything happened I thought I was gonna have like a black eye and like yeah. a busted lip and shit but it's not like super bad but it's my favorite thing is that hurt. following the tweet that you tweeted out like oh man I gave myself a bloody lip then you emailed our UK team and cc'd me you were like the only reason I'm awake and writing news stories right now is because I'm an idiot and walked into a wall <laughs> <laughs> see I was, what's weird is that did you scream or anything after it happened no I, was, I think I was like fuck you're so vocal like every time you walk or play a game in your room I hear you through the wall like it's tissue paper and so I was so blown away that when I, when I read this tweet this morning, I was like, how did I not get woken up by you screaming out in the middle, outside my door, pretty much? Uh, Neil's comment for you is, I hope your face is okay, Colin. Thank you. <laughs> it's fine. It's not even the worst. By the way, I think I've told this story on me, but it's not nearly as bad as when I burnt my face on an iron in college. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you I, ever tell this story? I think I've I think I did. Where I, like, I got I, this guy from burning myself. Yeah, that sucks. I, I, was watching the, that. I was watching an Islanders game whoa. when I was a junior in college in my, in my apartment. And I was ironing a shirt on like a chair or something like that. And the Islanders scored. I was like, yeah. And I like put it up like the top triangle part. The top triangle part of my I, like burnt like my chin. And I had like a tri- perfect triangular burn on my on my face. Wow. And it went a long time. Right? Yeah, it was there for like months. Yeah, I've got this guy from a toaster oven because I burned myself in a toaster oven. And then I was like, wow, I'm a fucking idiot. I touched the element. And then like three days later, I did it again. And now there's a permanent burn in the same place. You'll be aight. Yep. Uh, Nick writes into beyond at IGN.com just like you can to be part of the show. He says, Beyond Crew, each Hi. of you name one game or one strategy you think would sell the most PlayStation Vitas for Sony. Thanks. And keep it real. <laughs> keep it real, Colin. You're real. Yeah. I didn't think ahead on this one, so I'm with you guys trying to come up with one, one strategy. One game or one strategy. Like that price would move hardware they're saying? Yeah. Yeah, price drop. Well, I mean, to, that would sell the most PlayStation Vitas. Price drop. Price drop would be pretty clutch. All right. 179.99. That's crazy. That'd be really yeah. good. Borderlands yeah. 2. <laughs> Borderlands 2 would help. But uh, see, I don't even think it would anymore. I mean, it's still going to it would help, but it wouldn't like It, w- it should have been at launch. It yeah, should have been true. at launch so that you you get people to buy it on PS3 as well, right? You, I mean, you usurp the 360. The, in terms of strategy, the answer is that when they're lining up Assassin's Creed, when they're lining up Call of Duty, when they're lining up whatever it is, it needs to connect with the PS3 version. It, it can't be like Madden, this Madden yeah. thing yeah, that yeah. happened. Like I mean, we need like like imagine if this Call of Duty game that was coming out despite all its other problems at least gave you experience for Black Ops 2. I think that would be huge, but um it seems like that's not the case. Yeah. Clements, you got one? Uh, Naughty Dog makes an entirely new IP, and it's only on the Vita. That's another great idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the real thing, I think, is, yeah, making 
making your first party studios make good standalone games for it that are popular. I mean, like the re- like normally what I would say is a Call of Duty, but now we're you're gonna have this Call of Duty that comes out and puts a bad taste in people's mouth, probably. I know we're jumping the gun on this, but I'm saying yeah. based on previews, based on what people have seen. It's a tough time, though, for first parties to be making Vita games, too, because, I mean, we already know Media Molecule is. We assume Bend is working on a Vita game. Um, we assume also that uh, Polyphony is working on a Vita game, too, and probably a PS4 game at the same time. But with the new hardware on the horizon, those guys' priorities are actually probably on the console and not the handheld. So it's sure. actually a strange time for them, too, to be able to support it with first-party stuff, even though you're getting games like Tearaway. You assume Gran Turismo will come out. Um, and see, and that's what they need is like you know, it's one of those things they need big franchises that'll move units. Grand Turismo will move units still. You know what I mean? That's still a game that's big enough to get people excited. And I agree. It. But yeah. I think first party games are going to be the, they're the best games on PlayStation, and and you know, largely. And uh, so getting that talent on Vita would be nice too. I, I hope that you know the investment that's going on in some of these studios is is expanding the teams to work on Vita games, sure. such as Infamous. Yeah, and hey, God of War and all kinds of other stuff. I mean, you have to hope. Like God of War would be yeah. yeah, I mean, it just, I, I hope that we're going to see like a, a big group of Vita games coming out, but I also hope they're spread out a little yes. bit because like the problem right now is like it, there's been a drought and then Assassin's Creed and Need for Speed come out in the same day. Call of Duty is, I think, a week or two later. Like, I mean, like there's, there's too much at once, I think is the problem. Yeah. Hey, Wait, can we take a quick shout out break? Sure. In the midst of all our questions? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colin and I, when we were in uh, New York, got to meet a couple that came to both uh, our meet and greet and also our panel, and they were super cool. Uh, their names are Esther and Jonathan, and uh, Esther has apparently written into us multiple times, like several years in a row, asking for her fiance Jonathan to get a shout out, and we never have, uh, probably through just no fault of our own because it's I Greg's just refuse fault. to take blame. Yeah, she, probably, she probably writes a novel every time. <laughs> Some other um, kid did that today. It was like a 14-paragraph letter. I'm like, I ain't got time for this. After, uh, no, after uh, I talked with Esther, who is just totally awesome, and she was very sweet. See, it sounds like she's kind of throwing me under the bus. So it doesn't sound like yeah. she's all that awesome, as much as she's saying, you don't have to do your job, Greg Miller. I'm looking at this letter. The first words are, I hate Greg. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not in the letter. Also, she no, no she loves, uh, no, there's no, there's all, there's only love here. There's no hate. Anyway, I wanted to read a quick shout out. Because she says that my fiance Jonathan Ham's birthday is on October 26th. He'll be turning 26 this year. His last birthday before he's a married man. Ha ha. So I was wondering if you can give my little... No, wait. Sorry, not little. I don't want to say little, but you can give my Ham Ham a quick birthday shout out on your next game scoop or beyond. You're marrying John Ham from <laughs> Mad Men? Correct. <laughs> it would mean a lot to both of us. Well, absolutely. Here's your shout out. And sorry that it took us several years to get to it. So how greedy is John Ham? He's on an award-winning show. He needs a shout out from Podcast Beyond. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They were, they, were, they were good people. They good. were very nice to meet them Colin, in New York. Did you, you say they were good people? Yeah, they were. I, I think, them. I believe, uh, apparently you received a beer cup. For I did. Bye, Sean. Uh, thanks for your help. Yes, Thank you, Sean. Uh, uh, Damon, uh, Damon's set to edit that if you want to give it to him. All right. All right. Wait, watch the top of the camera. Oh, low bridge, low bridge. <laughs> I, I got this. I got this. All right. That was close. Yeah, Yeah, they were very nice. I remember them. I met a lot of nice people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Many nice people. Many nice. Movies. Well, Esther and Jonathan sound lovely, and yes. I, I feel bad because back in, if I may, just quickly refer back to the letter from uh, Sean Donan. He says um, that he, I was actually at New York Comic Con the other weekend and wanted to deliver this to you there, but even though I got in line about an hour before the show, the line was already capped. Oh. So we missed out on meeting a lot of people, yeah, and hopefully we'll meet you all next year. It was really frustrating that so many. Like, I, I wish we just had a bigger room. We can clearly fill it. We can Everybody fill start it. saving your pennies for podcast beyond episode three hundred. Yeah. yeah, that's gonna come before any. That's probably gonna be the next live. Let's podcast. Do it at the Fox Theater. In Oakland, where's the Fox Theater? 
Yeah, in Oakland, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a nice theater. I know. Well, that's I saw, why we'd probably never be able to afford it. I saw Rufus Wayne right there. That was a really good in the theaters or something like that. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah, something different. They did that in the UK. Play the uh, right the go, the hundred club or something. Yeah, like yeah, some yeah. really famous like. Let's just do it at Gold Club Oops. in San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, now you're talking. You know why? That's the one thing <laughs> yeah, we need to make I do a know connection. Exactly why? We need to make a connection with people who like own a restaurant or a bar or something. Do we have connections with some people that own a restaurant though? Who? Yeah, Patches. Yeah, you can but do it through Patches in Irving Street. Is it Patches smaller <laughs> than the Ocean <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm talking like, and we need I'll to get like. What about like 21st Amendment? Give us the upstairs. They never. Well, that wouldn't. They would not fit. Yeah. That wouldn't fit everybody oh. either. <laughs> well, we're downstairs. Everyone's looking at us from upstairs. Uh, final question this week comes from Jonathan in Calgary. Question for Colin. Mm. Do you think your extensive knowledge of American history could potentially ruin your Assassin's Creed 3 experience if they make mistakes or take some creative liberties? No. I mean, I You're a fan of alternate history. Yeah. So this should be fine, right? Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure they still win the re- Americans still win the revolution. Mm. Wouldn't have it any other way. What if they don't and the animus is all broken? Yeah, it would create like some sort of singularity, wouldn't it? I guess so. Speaking of which, where's the Singularity sequel? Oh, man, I need to talk to George Washington, but he's dead. Oh, wait, I'll rewind his bones. He's all put together wrong. I love that your rewind time is the same as a teacup pose. Oh, man. That shooter of Rewind his bones. That was him screaming in pain. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Beyond, episode 263. Thank you so much for taking the journey with us. Thank you for all the gifts here, Sean, the awesome art. We'll get that hung up here somewhere around IGN. Um, if you want to be part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, beyond at IGN.com is the email address. Send in questions. Keep them short if you can. It helps you get on the air. Uh, if you want to talk to us outside of that, go to IGN.com. That's what pays the bills. We write articles, do reviews, and make videos like the one you heard us shooting here. So go watch that because the podcasts, they're cool and all, but the articles are where it's at. Go for it. That's true. <laughs> uh, follow IGN on Twitter at IGN. Uh, Goldfarb is Garfep. Palm Cider is Ryan Clements. That's me. No taxation, Colin Moriarty. And I'm Game Over Greggy on every little social network you can imagine from YouTube to Facebook to, to Friendster. To Friendster. No, I don't think I'm on Friendster. To GeoCities. To GeoCities. To yes. Angel Fire. <laughs> Angel Fire. <laughs> to Tripod. Oh my goodness. Sounds like a magic card. Powerhouse. Yeah. Take me home. Sounds good. Let's end every episode of Beyond forever with a song, just like we are today. Starting right now. <laughs> Starting right now. <laughs> uh, it's our tradition here on the uh, Beyond podcast. And uh, let's see. Let me get out my papers. Organize them. Excuse yeah, me. Do. Excuse me. Uh, so if you want to send us a song, send us a song to play to beyond at IGN.com. Uh, just like Tim did, who we, uh, another folk, another folk, another, another folk. folk, folk is not uh, another singular, folk legend. another folk legend, he is no another such legend, person. <laughs> that, that game is no such legend, um, we met Tim at uh, Dave and Buster's in New York as well, Colin, that was and, a good time uh, over there Tim, at Dave and Buster's, yeah, Tim, it was a shit show actually, wasn't it, it? Was, it was crazy, no, I, no, not at all, because you didn't drink at all, no, you I don't mean, I don't mean the drinking set, I mean like getting in there, so many people just in that place, to yes. begin. it's like four stories in the middle of time, square yes it was my family's was there your fan oh dude i loved meeting your whole family that was so awesome <laughs> they're funny people i believe that after you know several gin and tonics a few jaeger uh jaeger shots that i did i believe at one point uh when your mom when i was saying goodbye to your mom uh i like she said something really sweet to me like she was like you know thank you you know it's been it's so great to meet you or something like that and as i give her a hug i say thank you for raising one of my best friends <laughs> or something like really cool. she probably start crying <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. Uh, when you get tipsy, you get emotional. That's how I it know, is. I know. Anyway, let's go yep. back to Tim's email. Uh, he sent in a song from his band, No More Heroes. But this is not No More Heroes like the, the like game. The game. Mm. This is no as in we know this to be oh. true. So No More nice. Heroes. Uh, they made a song called Parlay. And it's about Rufio from Hook. Yes. Pirates and the Seven Seas. Excellent. Very interesting. Uh, so thank you very much, Tim, for sending in the song. We will play it right now. And uh, to everyone that is listening in from all over the world, I would like to wish you a happy beyond. 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 Jacob, 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 Jacob. That game is no such legend.
tape so that someone unsuspectingly will pull a piece of tape out to maybe put it on a present or something. It's the one of, I mean, like, if we wanted to save money in this office, we wouldn't just leave tape in the podcast room. Why the hell do we need tape up here? No one's uh, taping anything. Clement's talking to your microphone. Say something. Hey, what's up? It's Clements. What's going on? Now hey, we're bang Goldfarbs. What is this? Bang your head. Huh? Just watch it. Who is it? Hey, it's Goldfarb over here. Yeah, I heard it. Oh, I'm Gold 